It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. We have a lunatic named Chris Russell that works for this radio station. I'm yeah, sure I know that guy. I'm sure you're familiar. I was just curious what your opinion is on him. Well, <laughs> never really liked Chris. Yeah. Really, anybody at the media at all, everybody who shreds me in the media, I'm not a big fan of. But No, Chris has always been pretty fair. I like Chris. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard. It is episode number 129 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, a Friday edition, late Thursday night as we post this and record this Thanksgiving in the books. And the Redskins first place lead in the NFC East is also in the books as they lose in Dallas uh, and uh, AT&T Stadium 31-23 to the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams now 6-5 and five head-to-head, 1-1. One, one. Uh, and so, theoretically, uh, it doesn't matter. They're tied for first place. Uh, the Redskins' sole um, lead in the NFC East is now a thing of the past as the Ga- Dallas Cowboys have now won three in a row. The Redskins have lost two in a row. And now the Redskins basically lick their wounds and heal up and don't play again until next Monday night. Not this Monday night, of course, next Monday night. So they have about 10 and a half days or so to get ready for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia on Monday night football. Everybody knows that the Eagles uh, have been struggling. We'll see what the Eagles are able to do against the New York Giants this Sunday afternoon uh, at 1 o'clock, certainly a game that we'll all be following closely, and then they'll have the extra day to prepare for, again, the Redskins. Uh, But the Redskins will have a couple of extra days uh, here, and boy, do they need it from an injury perspective. We all know how beat up and banged up they are, Uh, and just from a your pride is basically wounded at this point factor the Redskins of course like the Cowboys played three games in you know 11 and a half days it is a brutal stretch each and every year somehow some way uh, plenty of teams get bye weeks and they turn around and they don't have to do this three game in 11 and a half day stretch uh, plenty of teams do uh, plenty of teams don't it's the Redskins do it every year of course, they want to play on Thanksgiving. They like to be uh, on the Thanksgiving menu. This is four out of the last six years that the Redskins have played on Thanksgiving. I guess four out of the last seven years, I should say. But the point is, is the Redskins like to be on Thanksgiving. This is three Thanksgiving games in a row, uh, two in Dallas, sandwiched uh, around a home game um, on the night game portion of the triple header for the NFL last year against the New York Giants. The Redskins like this. And again, when you want to do this for marketing purposes and for exposure purposes, A, you better play well, which the Redskins did not on Thursday, and B, you better be prepared 
to be beat to shreds and again having that three game in 11 and a half day stretch two games in four and a half days and know that the Redskins Cowboys uh, is always a distinct possibility uh, as it has been now again three times since 2012 in Dallas where you're not only facing the short week the three game and 11 and a half day thing but also the pretty long flight it's about a three hour ish flight from Dulles down to Dallas and then the commute over to the hotel and so on and so forth. Uh, so on a short week, that's the last thing you want to be dealing with, but the Redskins deal with it and have dealt with it now three times again since 2012. So the bottom line is, is that is kind of the, 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 the scene setter for what is otherwise a disappointing Thanksgiving Day for the Washington Redskins again in Arlington, Texas. Again, they lose 31 to 23, and we'll talk about it here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Uh, again, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you aboard with us. It is episode number 129. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at WrestleMania621. You can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. Let's get into uh, what happened on Thursday, uh, and we'll take it kind of piece by piece. You know, look, the officiating, as everybody that watched the game, whether you're a Redskins fan, whether you're a Cowboys fan, and I saw many of my Cowboys friends and colleagues uh, in the media saying, uh, you know, we got away with one, got away with one. Uh, many in the national media sharply criticizing the officiating. Listen, bottom line, make no mistake about it. The officiating was absolutely horrendous horrendous and most of it was against the Washington Redskins now certainly we are again approaching it with a biased view there is no denying that there is no denying that it is a lens that is colored from a Redskins perspective right because I'm sure if we watched really really closely a calls that were made or not made against the Cowboys, certainly you could make an argument on many of them that they weren't really... The bottom line is, is there were questionable calls that were made that counted against the Redskins, and what infuriated me more, and I think everybody finally woke up to about midway through the fourth quarter, was there were blown and obvious calls not made and it was the ticky tack calls that were seen and flagged uh, that all counted against the Redskins or mostly counted against the Redskins and then there was the obvious blatant calls that didn't and we'll start with the obvious blatant ones um, you can't get any more blatant and obvious than the missed helmet to helmet headshot from a Cowboy defensive back against Jordan Reed, who was rightfully pissed off and had, again, every opportunity or every right, I should say, to be angry, hostile, chasing down sideline officials. I mean, long after this particular incident, he's still going after, I believe it was the the, the side judge, maybe it was the field judge, I, I'm not sure who it was, but he was absolutely irate about it. And for good reason. Jordan Reed not only knows what happened, he was absolutely right, but he's got a long documented concussion history, and who knows what could come out of this. Sometimes concussion symptoms don't show up right away. So we'll have to see when the Redskins come back to practice, probably on Monday, uh, with, a, a, you know, again, this weird kind of wonky schedule uh, for a light workout if Jordan Reed is even out there. Um, so that was a blatant missed call. 
there was more, <laughs> and this is the problem. The, on Colt McCoy's third and final interception, yeah, that's right, three interceptions for those of you that didn't watch the game for whatever reason. Um, on Colt McCoy's third interception, which just cannot happen, and the Redskins cannot survive like that, they missed a clear holding or defensive pass interference twice. Maurice Harris got his jersey held, tugged, whatever you want to call it, before the ball arrived. Now, the ball was a bad throw by Colt McCoy. It was wobbling out of his hand. It was behind Maurice Harris. Uh, it was everything you would not want it to be. It was thrown into traffic, all of that. It was bad throw, bad decision, bad everything. But the bottom line is, it was, again, video evidence clearly shows not one, but two tugs of the jersey before the ball gets there. Period. That's another blown call that goes turnover Redskins that really should have been penalty Cowboys non-turnover against the Redskins. And then if you just add a couple more logs to this fire, earlier in the game, they missed a late hit by Malik Collins on Colt McCoy. Uh, that went unflagged. I don't think anybody made a big deal out of that. I saw it clear as day, went back, watched it on uh, replay. McCoy had clearly gotten rid of it, and Malik Collins drilled him to the ground. Uh, again, was not called, uh, was not even made a big deal of on the broadcast or even on Twitter that I saw, uh, but it was pretty clear to me. And then, and then on top of that, um, you know, the one that everybody kind of saw was McCoy clearly getting his face mask yanked. Uh, I forget the defender that it was for Dallas, but again, a clear missed non-call. So even if you say, well, Chris, you're just looking for stuff on the Malik Collins one, nobody can dispute the clear face mask. Nobody can dispute the clear hold on the interception. Nobody can dispute the clear helmet to helmet against Jordan Reed. That's three obvious blown dagger missed calls against the Washington Redskins and in favor, if they, if you will, of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, a couple of shaky calls just while we're finishing up the officiating, again, because this is going to be the buzz story of the next 10 or 11 days uh, when it comes to the Redskins. Not that they lost, and we'll get into how they lost in just a little bit here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast, but it's going to be, in many people's eyes, why they lost, and officiating is going to be a huge part of it. I label this as questionable or shaky or borderline calls. You had a Morgan Moses penalty in which I see why they called it. He kind of, you know, clubbed down the defender right in front of him, and it looks like he yanks him down. Again, a lot of times officials, people don't want to hear this. They are responding to what they think they see, not what they see. This is a problem. They are responding and they are calling and they are whistling because the game is so fast and the human eye cannot see everything bang, bang all the time. And I, I get it. They are calling things based on what they think they see, not what they see. And that was a problem and, to me, a classic case of what happened on this Morgan Moses Holocaust. I didn't think the holding it wasn't that big of a deal. I believe it was on a third down incomplete. And the Redskins were going to have to punt it anyway. Unless I'm forgetting the sequence, uh, I'm pretty sure it was an inconsequential penalty, but it just adds, again, another layer to this. And then also, this one was huge. Because this was on a defensive stop by the Redskins, a big blitz. They got pressure on Dak Prescott, forced a throwaway and incomplete. And Fabian Moreau is called for a ticky-tack holding call. 
and the Redskins were trying to mount a comeback, and they had just scored their final touchdown, and they had this game like within somewhat of reach in middle part of the fourth quarter. And if they would have been able to get the stop there and force the punt, uh, which they seemingly did, um, and and get the ball, and who knows what would have happened. All of a sudden, they could have scored again, uh, or maybe just gotten the field goal earlier than they did ultimately. And it's a 31-26 game, or or, or a 31-23 game, I should say, at that point, uh, much earlier in the fourth quarter than it turned out to be. Or you get my point. Maybe it's even a 31-27 game or 28 game or, or whatever the case might be if they would have scored a touchdown. The bottom line is that extended the drive. Dallas did not score, but the bottom line is, is it cost the Redskins an opportunity and minutes and so on and so forth. So these are the major storylines that you are going to be hearing a lot about, not only on this podcast, but also anywhere that you consume Redskins content over the next 10 or 11 days because the officiating, again, was atrocious. And I'll just wrap this up quickly and say, again, it was not the ticky-tack calls that were made. I can see why most of them were called. I can see. It was the blatant missed calls. Now, everybody's going to jump on that train because of what happened late in the game. Again, I'll go back to the face mask and the, the, the late hit by Malik Collins. This was a problem all game long. Again, there's four documented cases of badly missed calls, in my opinion. That being said, that's not the reason why the Redskins lost. And coming up next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, that's what we will get into. And trust me, they lost this game on offense. They lost this game on defense. Uh, they did not lose the game on special teams. That was the lone positive, although there was one small, small negative to that, which we will get to uh, when we... Come back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard uh, with us right here on a Thanksgiving post-Thursday edition. And into the weekend we go for the Locked On Redskins podcast right here. Uh, thanks for being with us. Good to have you aboard on episode number 129. I'm Chris Russell. Come on back. All right, guys, it's Chris Russell here. Let's talk about Blue Chew. Blue Chew. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Guys, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready Yes, you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door, discreet package, no in-person doctor visits, no embarrassing waiting in line at the pharmacy. Uh, best of all, no awkwardness, period. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code that's code c-o-d-e just pay five dollars in shipping that's promo code code c-o-d-e bluechew.com promo code code to try it for free blue chew it's the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the locked on redskins podcast 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, so we welcome you back. It is episode, again, 129 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast. The Redskins lose in Dallas and drop to 6-5. and five. That's now two losses in a row to the Texas two-step part of the schedule. Houston uh, and the Cowboys, this one more galling, uh, I would say, than what happened Sunday at FedEx Field because at least you felt like you should have probably won uh, that game if they could have done a couple of one or two different little things. This was probably, besides the officiating, I don't know, about 9 or 10 or 15 different things uh, wrong that they didn't do a good enough job of. So let's just go right down the line on offense for the Washington Redskins. Uh, Here's the bottom line. The Redskins have no chance to win when they're turning the ball over three times, and it could have been a fourth time. If people remember on the third play of the game, And the first series of the game, Colt McCoy was sacked. He fumbled. Chase Roulier recovered it. Could have easily been a fumble and a fumble loss by Colt McCoy. He did throw three interceptions. And again, one of those shouldn't have counted. We get it. We understand that because of the missed uh, holding call. But certainly the other two, um, you know, just bad throws, bad decisions. One, the Redskins are driving, uh, and you know they're down seven to nothing, and you're feeling like okay, they're picking up a little momentum, uh, and he just underthrows uh, a a sideline route, and it's picked off uh, by Anthony Brown, and then the other one was just a great play by a great player, and Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Morgan Moses tries to cut him down, he escapes the cut. Stays on his feet, reads Colt McCoy's eyes, jumps up, bats up a pass in the air, and comes down with the interception and then returns it uh, 13 yards to Demarcus Lawrence. And again, we've told you about uh, the last one uh, with the missed holding call. So, look, the the bottom line is, is the Redskins cannot under any circumstances, period, end of story, end of argument. I know it was a short week. I know he has not been getting starter reps. I get it. I get it. I get it. This is to some degree what Colt McCoy is. He is a gunslinger. He is a take a chance type quarterback, which is, you know, kind of surprising when people say, well, he's basically the same as Alex Smith. No, he's not. He's not the same as Alex Smith. In some ways, he's like Alex Smith in that he's got excellent mobility and he's able to scramble and extend to make plays. In many different ways, he's a much better passer than Alex Smith in that he'll take chances and he'll throw seeds and darts that Alex Smith won't, but he also will turn the ball over at a higher volume. And the bottom line is, is on a day like the Redskins had on defense where they missed tackles on top of tackles and uh, and and basically they were carved up by Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott at times, The Redskins offense, I don't want to say it needed to be perfect, but it needed to be a whole lot cleaner than it ultimately was. They were only 4 of 11 on third down, 331 net yards, an average gain per play of 5.4 over 61 plays. They only ran for 80 rushing yards. That's net rushing yards. 
passed for 251. Uh, penalties really weren't a major problem. Again, some questionable penalties against them. Even the Jonathan Cooper holding call, which, you know, I mean, again, I can see why they called it. It looks like a hold. It looks like a hold, but I wasn't sure if it was a hold. Um, just, you know, with one replay glance, I'd like to take a, a, a deeper look at it. Uh, and I'll try to as the you know weekend goes through. But the bottom line is, is normally it's, it's, it's penalties that the Redskins are shooting themselves. That wasn't the problem today. But the Redskins couldn't really run the football. Uh, again, the turnovers, they only had 26 minutes and 37 minutes. Uh, uh, seconds worth of time of possession. Jordan Reed had three catches for 49 yards in the first two series of the game, essentially. Maybe it was the first three series of the game. He only wound up with eight targets, six catches, 75 yards. Clearly, he was targeted again late in the game, which led to that helmet-to-helmet. Jordan, uh, you know, I, I, again, I, I think he's close. I think he's right there. I, I think if he can overcome this helmet-to-helmet hit and if he's okay, and, and, and here's hoping that he is because he's played in every game and he's just on that precipice of, of being the old Jordan Reed, I think the Redskins could have something special here down the stretch because it's pretty clear that he has cohesion and chemistry, as he should, quite honestly, with Colt McCoy. Vernon Davis had that long 53-yard touchdown catch. He had two catches on the day for 73 yards also had a drop uh which kind of you know kind of annoys you uh and he was targeted on a wheel route that the Dallas defender made a really nice uh play on Josh Doxson again this was his most productive day you know probably in a long time statistically 10 targets six catches 66 yards uh, including a 17 yarder uh that was the one he went up for and climbed the ladder and kind of sprawled up midair and came down with that was a terrific terrific catch uh, by Josh Doxson so some good things uh, there he continues to steadily quietly improve again it's not the big splashy numbers that everybody wants Josh Doxson is making a difference on this football team Trey Quinn speaking of making a difference I don't know when Jamison Crowder is healthy if he's going to get his job back Uh, I'm sure they'll figure out something because Quinn is good enough probably to play anywhere uh, and and so is Crowder for the most part, and and because this team is without Paul Richardson, I'm sure they'll find a way. But the point is, is I don't know if Trey Quinn Trey Quinn is getting plenty of opportunities and will continue to get plenty of opportunities. Six targets, five catches, 26 yards. The touchdown that we mentioned, Capri Bibbs again contributing. Three catches on three targets, 19 yards. Also had three attempts uh, rushing the football, 17 yards, and the touchdown, the final touchdown from one yard out uh, for the Washington Redskins uh, today. Maurice Harris, no catches. No catches, no yards for a guy who had 10 for 124 just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, you want to talk about what Michael Floyd, not even a factor in this game, Uh, was targeted several times on Sunday, Um, not even even there. So, um, you know, (laughs) kind of weird how... This stuff works out week to week, every week, every game uh, is different. But the Redskins, again, just simply not enough offense. Uh, That goes without saying. And too many turnovers to overcome the inefficiency on offense and certainly the blunders on defense or the 
poor play in some big spots from the defense, and that's what we'll get to uh, next, along with a quick word on the special teams as we wrap up uh, this edition, a Thanksgiving edition, into the weekend edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you guys aboard with us. It is episode number 129. Again, the Redskins 6-5 and five now tied atop first place with the Dallas Cowboys, who improved to 6-5 and five with their third straight win. Dallas wins it by the final score of 31-23. to 23. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Back in a flash for the final segment, a breakdown of the defense, and a quick thought on the special teams for the Redskins from Thanksgiving Thursday, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. But first, guys, let me tell you about uh, a sponsor that we've just added this week. It's called Action Heat and Action Heat Clothing. And, you know, as the cold weather is setting in and, I, you know, depending on where you are listening, it has been frigid in the mid-Atlantic and the Northeast um, and just everywhere as usually Thanksgiving time and into Christmas time certainly is. But you can stay warm with Action Heat Clothing. They provide toasty warmth comfort for the whole body they have a full line of heated jackets socks gloves hats undergarments like heater based layer shirts and long johns you can stay warm and cozy from head to toe guys all right so guys our friends over at action heat want you to try what they have and with the christmas season right here and right now it is a perfect time if you want to try it yourself or get it for a friend or a family member for the perfect gift. And you can get a special deal for our Locked on Redskins listeners. Save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Again, it is actionheat.com slash locked on to save 20%. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back on the Locked On Redskins podcast. We wrap it up this way, the Thanksgiving weekend edition here as the Redskins again lose 31-23 in Dallas to fall to 6-5 and and now visit the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night football a week from this Monday night. So a little extra time in between after this ridiculous three-game and 11-and-a-half-day stuff uh, and the two games and and four-and-a-half-day turnaround that the Redskins have faced over the last three weeks. So some time to heal up and get ready, and hopefully they handle it better than ultimately they did when they did this essentially last year. Remember, they played... Uh, on Thanksgiving night at home after playing the previous Sunday. Then they played the next Thursday night down in Dallas uh, and got blown to smithereens. And then they had basically nine, nine and a half days off before heading out to Los Angeles. They played the Chargers in that small little soccer stadium, and then they got the doors blown off uh, in that game. So hopefully this is a different story for the six and five skins uh, as they again await the Philadelphia Eagles who play the New York Giants this Sunday. 
at 1 o'clock. All right, let's get to it on the defense. Listen, the bottom line is, is this defensive performance will be remembered for three things. Uh, the Amari Cooper 90-yard touchdown pass, bad job by Fabian Moreau, uh, missed the tackle at the point of attack and the point of the catch. Aha, uh-huh, Clinton Dix took a bad angle. So he essentially, again, doesn't miss the tackle, but he takes a bad angle. Amari Cooper escapes, 90-yard touchdown run and catch. He does most of the work. He's a great route runner. We all know that. We can all see it. Uh, and we saw it on the 40-yard touchdown pass from Dak Prescott the series before that that made it 17-13 Dallas after the Redskins had taken the lead. And that's Cooper running a basically a little quick outside and then cutting right back to his inside, just leaving a defender in his wake. Uh, And in this particular case, uh, it was um, it it was Quentin Dunbar who basically slipped and fell uh, because he was beat. And it's one thing to be beat by Amari Cooper. It happens. uh, But to slip and fall, that's a problem. And Amari Cooper was free to run uh, basically after making that catch. uh, And he ran and he hit pay dirt. And again, that's, you know, 14 points from Dak Prescott to Amari Cooper, 130 yards worth of throws and catches. Uh, And again, it completely changed around the game. And that's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys got him for to have that home run ability and also that game changing ability that certainly their offense has been missing. And now that he's been there for a couple of weeks, you can clearly see the cohesion and the chemistry between him and Dak Prescott. Uh, So those were some really bad moments there for the Redskins defense. It's not like they were woefully unprepared or anything like that. They just made bad plays or made mistakes. Uh, the, The one that bothered me more or just as much that nobody will talk about is the 10-play 75-yard drive on the first series of the game. They gave up huge chunks of yardage three or four times on first down. They gave up two third and medium conversions. I think one was a third and four. One was a third and five. Josh Norman getting picked on both times by Amari Cooper and Doc Prescott uh, for first downs. And again, basically one, you know, on the touchdown run, Mason Foster tries to blitz off a loop off the right edge of the defense and Ezekiel Elliott cuts right back in the gap that Mason Foster leaves empty. Now that, again, I assume is his responsibility to rush the passer. So somebody is supposed to theoretically slide over or account for that gap if the defense is designed correctly, which I presume that it is, and nobody was there. And Ezekiel Elliott just ran for pay dirt and into the Salvation Army um display and put $21 into the Salvation Army tub in the back corner of the end zone there at AT AT&T Stadium. Uh, So that series, that kind of in no way, shape or form having any real answers for the Dallas offense on the first drive, 10 play 75 yards bothered me as much as Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott hooking up. I'm sure you're, you're kind of bugged by all that stuff. Um, you know, but again, little things happen there. You know, player slip, take a bad angle, uh, young kid, not making, uh, you know, a tackle at the point, not to say that it's good, but, but you kind of live with that against elite talent like Amari Cooper. Not to say that Ezekiel Elliott, of course, isn't an elite talent. Of course he is. But the point is, is the Redskins defense, while totally fresh or well, mostly fresh, you would think on a short week, as fresh as you can be, had 
absolutely no answer and was carved up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Now, the Redskins defense did have a couple of brief moments. They forced no turnovers, and they did have four sacks. Um, so that was, I guess, a good thing, uh, the four sacks. Uh, but they're playing without Matt Ioannidis, who injured his ankle. We'll have to see what happens with that. That's not good. He didn't come back. Uh, and, of course, I forgot to mention earlier, Trent Williams, according to multiple reporters down in Dallas, had to be taken via ambulance. Remember, he appeared to re-injure that thumb, but then he came back into the game uh, after the Trey Quinn and uh, touchdown. Uh, so we'll have to see what that's all about. So stay tuned. We will have as much information as we can uh, here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. But the defense was just not good enough, period. They were on the field for 33 and a half minutes, uh, which is never going to be good enough uh, on a day where, you know, again, they had a couple of big play quick. Stri- so that tells you they were on the field for a lot longer on a lot of other drives, including some field goal drives, you know, 14 play drive, uh, 11, play, you know, or, or uh, yeah. Yeah, 14 play drive, um, you, you know, uh, multiple other, um, you know, te- the 10 play drive that we, we mentioned to start the game. That's that's a problem. You cannot be on the field for 33 and a half minutes on a short week period. Bottom line, you cannot be. Um, you know, they did a pretty decent job elsewhere. Again, but not forcing any turnovers. And you're going to give up some rushing yards. They gave up 146. But they've got to force a turnover. You've got to level the playing field, and this defense wasn't able to. And just a quick third thought on the uh, special teams. Listen, outside of Dustin Hopkins, at missed extra point, which was, you know, a, a pretty tough call. I mean, but it did look like it did go just, just wide. Uh, the special teams was awesome. Great return by Trey Quinn, 30 yards to set up his touchdown. Great return by Danny Johnson on the 44-yard kick return to set up the Capri Bibbs touchdown. Um, the, the Tressway, again, five punts, uh, averaging, f- I think it was 45 and a half uh, per punt, four down inside the 20, one down inside the five. Uh, Hopkins was fine outside of, outside of the missed extra point, which ultimately only would have made it a seven-point loss instead of the eight-point loss, not that big of a deal, but you still would have liked, again, cleaner. The bottom line is, is the Redskins special team, as it has been for the last basically six or seven weeks, has been the best unit on this team, bar none, period. It's not even an argument. Um, and once again, they did not disappoint. As a matter of fact, they finally, finally got two big returns, really three big returns, because Quinn had, I think, a 12 or 13-yarder elsewhere. Um Besides his big one that sprout that set up the the touchdown drive. So the bottom line is is they finally got what they've been missing all year long in terms of the return game, and they got it big time on on Thursday. And yet they still came up short. Think about how bad it would have been if they had not if they had not gotten uh, those returns. So certainly something to look forward to, and something still to be alarmed about when it comes uh, to this offense. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Way too long. I'm sorry. Uh, but this is the weekend edition. Uh, we'll try and pump another one out for you, uh, if not before uh, Sunday into Monday. Uh, definitely, certainly, we will be back on schedule Sunday into Monday as we look forward to a new week and have uh, a chance to break down the tape uh, and all of that good stuff. In the meantime, have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks, as always, for being with us. You can email me, russellmania09 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at russellmania621. Make sure you follow the Locked On Podcast NFL Network at Locked On NFL 
net at locked on NFL net for all sorts of great tweets from all of our correspondents all over the NFL community uh, right here on locked on. Uh, and we will see you again real soon for episode number 130. This has been episode number 129. Thanks for being with us. Happy Thanksgiving again as the Redskins lose 31 23 to the Dallas Cowboys, drop to six and five. And now head to Philadelphia for Monday Night Football. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.